Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Long Long Ball Street, episode six. Today I'm here with Matt, co-host. Just, just and you may know co-host Matt, and and you may know guest in the first. Yeah, guest, a return to the podcast. Oh no! <laughs> so the the, 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 first, the idea before we get into this podcast, the idea was for you to come on every episode. The three of us get together and chat about football. And what happens to you? Where have you well, been? some of us have jobs to do and find it harder in their day to find the time. And I think it's become quite secretive as well. <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, you're like, you go, it used to say you're going to the toilet, next thing there's a fucking podcast coming <laughs> with out. With a former England international. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, actually, we, uh, we, we're, we're going to be going out, aren't we, this week, and we might be speaking to a, another very, very famous former England international. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, I would say, just as a retort to that, is that uh, we plan our days better than you do, Stuart. So we find the time. I sit with you, Flav, and I know that not to be true. <laughs> I try my best. All right, so this episode of the podcast is a bit of a special one, really, because what with all that's been happening, you know, great Euros, lots of good football on the pitch, but mayhem off it in, yeah. uh, a lot of the time. And um, This is the black shirt special. Yeah, the black shirt special based on what the Russians have been doing and their tactics on, on, on the streets. But as it stands, six England fans have been are now starting jail terms for their part in the violence, main, mainly in Marseille. Um, meanwhile, Russian hooligans, 150 of which have been instigated, uh, blamed for instigating the trouble inside the stadium, haven't been arrested as it stands. The only no, ones, no arrests. No, well, the only, two for going on the pitch. Two for going on the pitch. So they managed Shut to off. find the ones that got onto the pitch, but the ones running... Openly running, the ones firing tear. Um, I, I did, didn't they say that um, the police visited the hotel and took their passports and all that off them, like 40 of them or something like that, I heard last night? Really? So there, there is likely to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that there is a. That, that the police are not doing their job. Like um, a Franco Russo plot. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not suggesting anything like that. I, I'm sure the arrest will come, but it just. At this stage, as it stands, it leaves a bit of a sour taste when mm-hmm. you've got these Russians that, I mean, it's reported, but you've seen the GoPro footage, you've seen the stuff on YouTube. They they didn't come to have a drink, follow their team, they came to fight. Mm. You know, the reports about gum shields. Uh, so there was one geezer on Twitter was, was just saying the Russians are no fun. Um, they just came 
with bum bags full of uh, gum shields and knuckle dusters and you know we had no chance because we were just pissed up and having a good time ultimately um, it, yeah. well there's there's a in Russia um, there's a, a big MMA um, and, and mixed martial arts but also just martial arts and boxing uh, culture and, and background uh, there are a lot of kind of places like Degasan like really uh, hotbeds of mixed martial arts where there's lots and lots of uh, quality kind of fighters coming through and many of them you sort of seen performing in the UFC mm. so it kind of doesn't surprise me in some ways when you hear the MMA gloves and stuff like that because uh, it's a big part of their culture I know that they're um, um because whereas we've got this, still got I guess this lager culture when it comes to the football, where everyone goes, we'll have a big sing song. Fine, we'll be pretty rude in that sing song, and I think we'll come on to that in a minute. Mm. Um, but it's all about just getting pissed until you kind of can't stand up. Yeah. Whereas it f- seems, from what I'm hearing and, and from the little bits that I know about Russian culture, that uh, they're very much into their fighting, into their fitness, probably into their performance enhancing drugs is yeah. what you hear in a lot of circumstances. Yeah. People like a million. Uh, 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 Emelianko Fedor, the great Russian heavyweight fighter, uh, who is people speak about him as being the best mixed martial artist in history. Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately on PEDs, like a, like a lot of them, and and that's what you're seeing on the TV, isn't it? And on 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 video, you're seeing these huge guys that are ripped. That, and, and when they're fighting, they're not sort of like drunk and brawling like the old fisticuffs that you see from the from back in the day. They're actually stood in kind of these, yeah, mm. in, in, in a proper balanced sort of stance, ready to strike, ripping out head kicks and stuff to people going past. It's like you were saying, it's weird. It's like it's chilling, but it's also morbidly fascinating, isn't yeah, it? Completely and it's fascinating. Like, it's almost like fucking geopolitical. You know, you've got the Russian minister saying what he said. You've got that far right convener say? of the the ultras. Basically, going well done, guys. Like well, to yeah, frames, yeah, yeah. isn't it? So the, 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 these are real men. Is that the one? Yeah, like, the, yeah, the, the Russian real fo- men. The Russian football federation have come out and said that there's no room for this in in our football. Yeah, and I think members of parliament or, or certainly high-ranking members of parliament have also condemned the actions but yeah. the kind of backbenchers in Russia they've, they've been militant they're all well, like go, go on lads yeah but the, the guy that was pictured with the official delegation I think there's a picture of him with Putin in that, at the game he's almost like the convener for the ultras yeah um there's reports of I think it was in the Guardian I read of official parties handing out tickets to Ultras and this thing that we heard this morning about the triage centres, so that they don't have to go to hospital. Mm. It seems almost organised. Explain that for people haven't seen it, Stu. So that's. I mean, I get. Again, this is probably just pure rumour, but it's playing to that. It's starting to be almost a propaganda war, so that the Russian hooligans that are injured don't actually have to go to hospital. That they're uh, they they have have flat or something get fixed (laughs) up. They have flat. Um, I get that there's an app. They also have an app for all this stuff. It's like you can just imagine walking in and there's like there's like gurneys and drips. And I mean, to be honest, I didn't see any Russians get done. So I no, no, like they, they probably didn't need them. But you know, it's, it's, there's just like a whole, almost like this backdrop of, you know, you think what's going on in the world in general, the tensions between Russia and, you know, sports always been a way to um, assert your national pride and authority. You know, you go back to the the hockey battles between the USA and, and Russia during the Cold War. Mm. You've got, you know, all the drugs and, and that that were in East German sport and Russian sport. They see that as almost a 
Well, that's fucking not diplomacy, is it? It's something no. else. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a way of also distracting the problems that are going on in their city. If yeah. Russians are doing well and they're, and they're talking about, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting men that are on the streets of Marseille defending the motherland and and, and the, the, the sport in all instances in every country distract, distract, detracts from the actual issues, yeah. distracts from the actual issues that are going on in that country. So you can kind of see why the government would want yeah. want this distraction. It'd be like sort of what you're saying, Matt, that sort of next level stuff. So I, I was reading something yesterday as well about how CSKA, Spartak and Zenit adopted fair play rules, which meant no weapons and just fighting amongst no, right. no civilians getting attacked. Not, not the which police is and what, stuff Which like is what we went through in the UK, if you think back yeah. in the day. To, to an because extent, there yeah. was a, a period, wasn't it, where you'd be, people would go in colours and then people would go as casuals that yeah. wear no colours. And that was kind of the rules. Like you'd see it, I remember like going on a kid. Yeah, it could get completely. So you'd see it going off, but they wouldn't go up to someone that was wearing a shirt and with a, with a scarf on and cuff them. Yeah. It'd just be the others that were looking for it. But out of that came what they were calling, is it the Vasily the Killer? Or yeah. whatever was one of them. So out of that came the Spartak Gladiators, and it's in they adopted the, the Polish format of forest fights, yeah. where they go and have big mass arranged battles with weapons and all that away from the stadium um, and they talk about how only the best Polish firms can compete with the Russian firms but that seems to be what's went over to France Yeah, and they're not playing by the same rules because it's not no. forest fights it's, it's Leicester fans getting their flags ripped out of their hands it's, yeah. well, the, it's the, all of that what they do with the flags is that they turn the flags upside down yeah. of the enemies yeah. that they conquer don't they and they pose for pictures on this well that's because that's that's the Russian writing's upside down as they turn them upside down and, and reverse them as well yeah. but that to be fair happens in England that, yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. between rival firms it's like yeah. a badge of honour um, but it's, it's, it's what, like just going back to this this weird thing. It, it's weird. It, it's not all football hooliganism is deep seated in deep seated in in their club and going and having a beer mm. and then if someone wants it we'll give it to them kind of attitude. And while I would never be that or be involved in that, I understand why it happens. You know, it's it's a lot of people. A lot of these people involved live very dull lives. You'd imagine so they need some <laughs> escape. But not all of them. Because I've met a couple and, you know... I thought but, your family were hooligans fans, nah. based on what you were saying. I wasn't, I'd say. My, my, no, I'm not going into that. But there was, there was some trouble at Spurs Dortmund, but for very different reasons. Yeah, um, yeah but it's weird, the fact that they're, 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 they're removing it, and it's purely about fighting. It's weird, yeah. we're going to batter you. I mean, it's, it's also because it's a mad... You know, it's a toxic... France itself is toxic, isn't it? You've got all the tensions of terror... You've got right in what's going on in the Banlieus, yeah, you've got social unrest, etc., etc., plus all this sort of um, um, coincidence of and combination of different nationalities and all of that going into it. But it's also like the psychology of crowds and what you're talking about, isn't it? Because you've been in a crowd where it's generally um, in a good mood and just one thing can change the atmosphere like, yeah. I remember being in Manchester for the UEFA Cup final <laughs> and I was actually with it's um, not a good example to bring up no it is listen to this so, um, so I was when left smashed like, my, up my, my cousins so forget the outcome right uh, <laughs> forget the, yeah, the result. so we, we won smash Manchester to bits so and I was it reminds with, me of that <laughs> I was with my uh, cousin's husband who was like a copper in Glasgow and we were standing with, with some high ranking Glasgow cops and they were watching the crowd and just saying what the Manchester weren't doing so they were like they should be 
arresting him, arresting him, arresting him, and it sort of bubbled over. And the way the police treated it exacerbated it, and a lot of fans get wrapped up in it and caught up in it, and it just changed the whole dynamic. And, of course, yeah. it ended up in some terrible scenes. The vast majority of people weren't involved, but the reactions of police and all that just can change the crowd round to something else. What was that story you were telling me where you managed to get into a hotel, but you been separated from your... From uncle. Your, your 71-year-old yeah, uncle. Yeah, no, I just when it all kicked off, I could just see him through the window and I had to go out and <laughs> rescue him. <laughs> just imagine this some poor old bloke, 71, it's all kicked off and you're safe in this hot hotel yeah. and then just through the window you can see him but that's, through the window. But look, that's what it was like watching the stuff in the stadium. You know, when at the, the end of the game, yeah. when they sort of stormed across those couple of sort of sections mm. uh, of the stand and you could see, because I, I mean, I've been to England games abroad and it's not all hooligans yeah. by a long shot actually the main it's people that are face painted it's boyfriends girlfriends it's mixed groups it's kind of work trips it is bunches of lads and stuff like that but there's there's, there's people of all kinds of ages there's lots of kids there and you know and, and it looked kind of indiscriminate didn't it how they marched mm. through that stand and I remember as I was watching it there's like a couple of old guys almost like carrying their uh, their cool box or something like mm. that you know with their sandwiches in you know, or their blanket for if it gets cold and they're just literally standing there kind of tiptoeing around as these hooligans surge through them it's like yeah. but it what was, the what is going on there was one, really? one what the fuck old man a, a bloke with his kid and he was carrying his kid yeah, he, got, he got lumped and knocked out spark out in front oh of his kid gosh, and you're like what kind of fucking yeah. depraved scumbag does that but, but why you know I live down here now with you a lot and mm. you don't seem that bad but uh, why is it always English well, uh, I mean Look, I think that there's definitely a historical thing. Course, because yeah. what we're looking at now and going, well, that's fucking ridiculous. Guess what? We kind of mm. used to do a lot of that stuff back in the day. Maybe not as good at mixed martial arts. Maybe not with a, ver- a variety of striking technique. <laughs> uh, certainly not with gum shields and, and gloves and stuff. But, you know, we know what happened back in, in the day all over Europe with club football, with, with international football. But when you look now at the the behaviour of England fans. And and again, I've been there and I've stood around singing and participating and been in a pub where there's been like loads and loads of us. I've been there uh, in South Africa and it was amazing. We had Lightning Seed was singing. It was kind of a great jovial atmosphere. But some of the times when you see England fans all together, it's kind of not jovial and friendly I think it's, tournaments it's far away are very different to those closer to yeah. home aren't they in terms well, it's of a bit easier, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. easier to travel yeah. to stuff. but you do you definitely you look at the way that we act and you go into people I mean what, what would you feel like if, if you're Leafy Garden Flav in North London and all of a sudden there's a lot of people who are foreign that are all sort of pissing in your garden mm. singing songs about I don't know former wars I'd, where your, your, your grandparents might have died and where you know they've maybe got bad memories and, yeah. and stuff like that I mean I'd be miffed I'd probably just double lock the door <laughs> but I, I, I get what you're saying I mean I, I'm being a bit devious because like, you know, there's been some great writing on it about like the myth of um, the myth of the English hooligan as it were and it's almost like England's moved on Definitely. but England had set some sort of example and if you look at the 
I guess, the football supporting cultures around the world. There's a lot of like Union Jacks and England flags yeah. and you know, Russian ends and all that. So look up, look and this, America, is, this is a yeah. fight that they've always wanted. Yeah. But now we've moved on and we don't want yeah. it anymore. Yeah, we're not there. But but what you're left with mm. is this: is his fans kind of sitting around and mobbing up together yeah. and kind of all with their arms in the air and mimicking this behaviour yeah. that looks very threatening. Kind of looks yeah, like you are up for yeah. it. And and there is a lot of obnoxiousness. Now I'm not saying that England fans deserved it by any. Shut All I'm saying is when you're you're making yourself a damn target. Yeah. You're naive if you think that people are just going to accept that. Oh, because you're English, we're just going to accept you coming in here, pissing it's, everywhere, and treating us like shit. For me, it's a little bit. But, out but of then date. you know, it's not. I, I, yeah, I get that. But you know, if it, if it is as is reported, Marseille ultras and Russian ultras attacking them, it's not. It's not necessarily fans of other. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello. Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Nations that are going after that. Mm. Uh, the, the reputation precedes them. I think it would be foolish to, to think that there weren't England fans out there that didn't fancy a little bit yeah, of a scrap. Of course there was, and there always will be. And, <clears throat> and because the story changed when it broke, obviously you saw in the media about them saying... This typical English frogs, it's time to kick us out. You know, yeah, some, yeah. some, I think the Sun even talked about kicking yeah, us out. Yeah, them, yeah. And then you started getting reports from people on the ground, our very own James Alcott. Yeah. Uh, Billy the Bee from Besotti. Billy the Bee, yeah, put out a video that got nearly a million views. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, you started getting the real news, the actual what yeah. was happening, and the, the, the groundswell, the, the shift, the, the public shift in the change. Yeah, the narrative. And there was change. all those guys, like, is it Clifford Stott and Jeff Pearson, the sort of crowd psychology, hooligan and police experts? And they started reporting on what the police were doing wrong mm. and you had the evidence of like what James and others were sending back, Billy in particular and it all started to change the narrative, you know Sky, Channel 4 and all that started to talk to these guys yeah. and change how they were reporting it essentially. But, but our reputation does precede us and always will yeah. it, it, it will take decades for that to disappear. And we if, act up to it Yeah exactly yeah. So if it's, you also, it's also your, as a scholar I can say this like, your tolerance of alcohol is deplorable I've seen Matt. I've seen Matt on one vodka. What, what's Gary from Clacton on Sea going to be lighting ten beers? Yeah. No, you're right. It's true. Um, you know, I, I just think we're um, we we don't do ourselves any favours by the obnoxious behaviours. But you're asking for an 18 year old kid on his first trip away, yeah. topless after eight or nine. Yeah, one of the kids was 16 that get the jail. I think yeah. a 16 year old or something. Like that. But, but, it's, but it's, it's then it's. I mean, there's something in British culture and. You know, about triumphalism and, you know, almost, again, looking at England, they go into every hope 
uh, every tournament thinking that they're going to win it, or yeah. certainly in the past. So there comes with this this sense of entitlement and victory and arrogance. Well, the start is still. So, no, we talked about the songs that are being sung. But I think they are antagonistic. They, they are. are like Royal Britannia is. It, I, I would, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't get anything from singing that, and that's all about colonialism, imperialism, yeah. and and rape and slaughter of other countries. Yeah, and these and you've got these singing, idiots who don't even know. What they're yeah, doing, exactly. They're singing yeah. it, and I won't say idiots because these are stupid people, but well, they're just ignorant. Well, it's all, all, all through Germany. It? All through Germany in two thousand six, yeah. there was uh, the German bomber songs going yeah. out. People were taking inflatables and stuff. And whereas I think that there's a large number of people that are English that just think it's a bit of a laugh and we don't mean anything by it. That on mass, coupled with an obnoxious, drunken mm. bunch of people does kind of, I think, say to uh, d- d- does uh, antagonise people. Yeah, but, but, but we're just, you know, because you've got a, you know, history. What, what do football fans sing? If you think, if you start to take away, I'm not saying that yeah. song in particular, but you think about generally what you do, you you taunt your rivals, you. You know, so what do we need to change how we behave on the grounds and our song books no, have no, to change? No, but the problem is, is the context of all of these songs is uh, is the fact that they are about things outside of football, and that's always dodgy yeah. ground. It's the same problem with Rangers yeah. and Celtic. You're singing about stuff that isn't all all about football, mm. and that's always going to attract a different type of attention. The same with Royal Britannia, same with German Bombers. Um, the, the best song, and I think this is what's been adopted by England fans now, is that uh, "Don't Take Me Home." Because that's all about, that's what the, the trip's about. Let me go out with my pals, mm. having a drink, drink amazing foreign beer. I don't want to go back to work. Mm. And that kind of warms the cockles. And the irony is actually uh, when the attacks happened, it was those songs that were being sung um, rather than Royal Britannia. I suppose there was a bit of that yeah. as well. And, and they were singing it like, so apparently the French um, on that first night, a bunch of French people came up and started singing songs of, of their own. And then we were singing things uh, along the lines of, You'd be, you'd all be German if it weren't for us. And where were you in World War Two? Yeah, and, yeah, you know stuff like that, which again, it is antagonistic. But undoubtedly, there's a history and this thing that um, British are these these troublemakers, English are these troublemakers, and that they're up for it. And and and, and that myth, like you said, is what they're kind of at war with now. Yeah. So they've gone along of the um, uh, probably some of the French that maybe remember 1998, some of those kind of people from there. Uh, and then certainly the Russians that have gone right. We'll play in England first game. We're gonna. This is our cup final. We're gonna go. We're gonna smash these guys up because a there's there's more of them than there is any other team. Uh, every tournament there's there's always mm. more English there than anyone else. They mob up. They're huge targets and and um, they can't and, run uh, very fast. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> they've, they've gone there. But this is the difference: is that they've gone there thinking that that this is the firm. These are the people mm. that are up for it. But whereas they're not drinking, they're probably having protein shakes and energy drinks. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're drinking. We're just drinking lager. So there's just a load of pissed up, drunk old men and some very naive kids that are probably again that are, that are there. And these killers, uh, these fighters, these trained fighters, are just going up and mashing them up. And it is. Horrible to watch, and it is but very yeah, exciting. I mean, it's, it's horrendous. It really is. Um, is there any questions over Russia's hosting of the 2018 World Cup? Doesn't it? I mean, absolutely has to be. How? How? how who's going to fancy it? But who, but they don't well, care. Going. It's going to happen. I, I mean, can't I, see them, them. Them. Unless this this um, stuff continues and continues to a stage where 
it becomes a real problem. Like if they're beating up some English people, I, it would take I, I don't think UEFA really cares. Yeah, I don't think UEFA cares. I can't see it going that far. But you can you can see people refuse. So you can see nations refusing to send their citizens there, yeah. especially with the sort of the vitriol that's coming out there. of the Russian um, parliament and yeah. backbenchers and all that. Yeah. Why would you want? To go there because you don't know they're going to be protected. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah, England. I can see the FA and England sending over guards, security yeah. for English support. Yeah, that, that, that'd, that'd go down well. I'd <laughs> well, you the army. In. You'd be no, bombed. <laughs> when we went, to, I was in. Uh, who was that I've seen? Uh, Dynamo away. Moscow. Um, Did you go to? That I was way? at Dynamo Moscow, and sure. well, they attacked why? all the hotels. Yeah, Rangers, good team it? at the time, Ronald De Boer on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they attacked all the hotels and basically spent the whole time locked in a hotel. Yeah. You know, the, all the Russian yeah. firms came to the front of the hotel. This hotel security protected you, but you couldn't really go out yeah. unless you were in an organised bus tour. So I agree that you know I, it shouldn't be there, just like it shouldn't be in Qatar. The World Cup shouldn't be in Qatar or whatever. No. But it's probably going to be unless something goes really bad. They're not going to change it because they don't give a shit. No. UEFA stuff. All they care about is money and 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 the, the continuation of of their plan. So I, I can't see them all of a sudden right. We're going to change where this is located just because a few English pissheads got beat. But up. like I say, it being sort of geopolitical in a sense. You know, you think of was it 1980? Uh, Russia get banned, or did they not go to the Olympics because they were banned from it or whatever? Don't know. No, um, no, we don't. Look, this is it. You say something uh, wrong, it stays in. Yeah. No, so Stu- you know, we told- know a fact from history. <laughs> Got it out. They, they went <laughs> at, at 1980, but you, you know, with all this stuff, that's you know, you go back to what went on in Crimea, to all the other Russian aggression. You could see something beyond football having an impact as well. Well, yeah, I mean, there's obviously, I mean, you know more about this stuff than me, but there's always (coughs) things getting shot out of the sky and and all all that kind of stuff that's been going on with Russia and and various airspace around there and and the whole second Cold War. And I think that's fueled a lot of this as well in terms of how they've approached the tournament. I I don't know. I I think maybe from a fact that the Russians are endorsing the behaviour, but these guys that that are trained to smash people up are going there because they enjoy that and they're thinking but they, right let's smash I don't think that they're thinking okay, no, there might be a cold war happening no, I mean I know no, there's I historical about, things no but, but they are like Flav says they're about the motherland aren't they so there's definitely a nationalistic fervour yeah. that's propelling this plus they love the fighting so and you, that's the way to express so you, it you know that there's this expression if the fish stinks it stinks from the head right and you can imagine being in Russia England fans are in Russia too they're, the English fans are reliant on Russian police who work for the same government who failed to condemn in any with mm. any great authority the actions of the hooligans in, in France. What you're going out there? Did to you get see what they, Did you see what the head of Russian police said about it? He said something along the lines of um, the French police didn't know how to deal with us, deal with their fans because they're used to dealing with gay pride marches. That yeah. was. That that's what, how they're coming from. That was this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, or yesterday. Oh remember. my god! But you know, the, I think it does. Um, it does bring a, a question mark over the the policing, doesn't it? I know we touched it. We haven't got into any details. So the t- what it seems to be is that they see some trouble. They don't seem to be. A lot of times, they're just watching things happening. They're not trying to arrest anyone. They're just almost sending in tear gas and watching it move around and the, the pace, city, the pace which is which, sorry, mate. The pace in which they they approach these situations, like Billy's. Uh, footage, but beside, he he showed this footage of these 
two sets of fans. I don't think it was England this time. Uh, just kicking lumps actually, throwing throwing stools. It's local uh, Marseille locals, yeah. Marseille throwing stools and, ch- and chairs at each other, and then you suddenly hear these canisters get popped, and the the the, the, the hooligans run away, and then there's just police with so CS gas just bowling in, walking in. Yeah. No attempt to but catch. It's, it's like that that yeah. video we did before with Billy, that sort of England returned to Marseille ahead of the tournament. Mm. They went out and spoke to Marseille fans yeah. and they were saying, Where I don't can know... Where people how, watch that, by the way? Uh, on Ball Street YouTube. Um, yeah, time return to Marseille. Return to Marseille. And the, the Marseille fans were saying, they can't. the French police can't deal with 500 of our... Fans, how are they going to deal with Euro twenty six? Those, those they were really, words. yeah, they were really worried about it. But again, I think you've got to say the police over there are in a very difficult situation. There's mm. other threats out there as well. We know, so you know, I'm, I've no doubt they're stretched, but they're not really. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure the British police who are well skilled in this would be approaching it very differently. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been a good idea, given the fact that they are stretched because of terrorists? Risks and, and threats, and again, so much of their time and intel would not mean would need to go on preventing anything terrible happening over there. But wouldn't it have been an idea to just say, okay, well, here's British police force sending over to assist with policing British people, and then yeah. French. You've, probably, you've had that at previous tournaments yeah. where there's been uniformed British police over there. Yeah. But what are their legal powers? Like, all they can do is stand. They can't arrest them. They surely. I yeah. don't know if you can Not change on, the law. On, yeah, so what, on are they allowed to take out their batons and charge them? Um, probably not. Probably not. So, so the, and, and, and is it enough of a deterrent for the likes of the hooligan that we're seeing out there right now to stop them doing it? Probably anything? not. So, I just feel like there needs to be more boots on the ground because the way it's getting policed at the moment, it just seems to be probably creating more panic, creating more confusion on the ground more of an opportunity for hooligans to actually strike and get more confident about it because what's the repercussion for them at the moment <laughs> the, all these Russians poured through that at the stadium I mean if you think about it, hooligans and back in the day used to go on in the UK in stadiums and then it all became about CCTV would be in the stadiums before they were in city centres so all the trouble you stopped happening in the grounds in the UK and it would start happening on the streets uh, far away from the ground and now we're in a obviously a society where cameras are everywhere now in um, in the stadium in, in the Stade de Velodrome um, the world is watching on TV when this happens at the end of the game they don't care they don't care no. and, and but where's the there's nothing that stops them like, do, do you know what I mean like, yeah. like, like there's nothing but, that, that there's no deterrent there but you think like, what did and, I and the, all the policing is doing I think is creating uh, a, 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 a greater shroud of, yeah. of, of secrecy almost for them to continue because n- nothing's happening it's just clouds of smoke from and, and, and restaurants getting destroyed yeah. with chairs thrown everywhere mm. and then they move on to the next place and I, I think these need to be you know if you th- what was there something like 3,000 banning orders in place to stop knowing English hooligans going to the tournament yeah. damn right that the Russians don't have anything like that in place and mm. probably not many yeah. other nations yeah. so I think you know I think it's, it's so very fair to say that the vast majority of England fans aren't out there to cause trouble Stu, are you but saying others, they have spotters? Whenever you but go, the others they've just opened their borders and went and you go, boys. Stu, yeah. are you saying when we go to Russia, we need to lift all of the banning orders, send all of our artist hooligans over there? <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely not saying that. No, I but I, I, we'll be sending you Flav since you never got to. I'm a double uh, eye bastard. This has been established. <laughs> Okay, all right, thank you, gentlemen. That was a nice, well-rounded, intelligent discussion on the on the subject of fuggery in football.
Remember, yeah. so we're going out. <laughs> we're going to go and join in now. We're sending over our. our you said you're a double hard bastard, so we're going to send out Flav. Um, well, you've. I, 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 I've come in a black t shirt. Yeah, and uh, well, you, you've managed to choke me up three times, I think, in the office upstairs. So uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm happy that I'm going with you. Uh, Stuart, I haven't had a fight with you yet. No, not yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be very pretty, I don't think. Okay, uh, thank you for downloading the Bull Street podcast once again. Uh, remember, you can find us on iTunes if you if you've come through the SoundCloud route. Yeah. Uh, just type in Bull Street. It, it's, it's worth saying as well that uh, if you've enjoyed this, it's your first time listening. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, podcasts with West Ham Fan TV, yep. also with Lions, Lions TV, um, both of which we've been speaking about, about a bit of hooliganism and a bit of the reputation that their fans have. So you might mm. find that stuff interesting as well. Uh, and also, we're going out to France. Uh, we should hopefully be getting a pod with with Ian Wright, yep. uh, which will be maybe coming out later on in this week yep. so um, yeah look out for that yeah and, and why not Akin Fenwar is a brilliant podcast we've spent yeah. some time with the Beast and also uh, uh, Heskey yeah but you, the problem with the Heskey podcast is you have to also listen to the Red Men at the same time <laughs> and that's quite a lot of yeah, scouts for any, any an decent southerner <laughs> Um, all right. But yeah, it. if you enjoyed the pod, uh, send us a tweet. Let us know. Uh, I'll review on iTunes. Send yeah. a, leave a review on iTunes. That's, that'll be amazing if you could. A good one. It helps, doesn't it? it does hey, help. Off to France, boys. Here we go. See you later. Leave on our France. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 